it was strong. It was let's it was strong material to work with. Right. Yeah. Visually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I, I don't know what else I, I can say. say. Yeah. They said I would say it's it's heady material. Right. Heady. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's a good term. Heady. Yeah. Yeah. That works yeah. for it. Welcome to the Lakeshore Records podcast on QWIT. I'm your host, Gene Priest, and tonight I had the pleasure of speaking to Emmy-nominated composers John Ehrlich and Jason Derlotka, whose brand new score for Goliath, including highlights from all four seasons, will be releasing alongside season four on Friday, September 24th on Amazon Prime, with the score being available via Lakeshore Records. In this conversation, we talk about John and Jason and all of the work they've created together over the years, working on a score remotely during a pandemic and quite literally all things Goliath season four and beyond. This show, uh, it seems to me like it would be one that would be a little tough to compose, but you guys find a way to bring in so many different elements and from scene to scene and, and situation to situation, it works so perfectly. Like the music marries so well to everything happening on screen. It's just, it's, it's brilliant. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. We, we really, um, we have, you know, great love for this project and, you know, really look forward to each yeah. season, you know, being able to kind of, you know, and, and, and even though we have been remote in the fourth season, it, in a sense, you know, we've been kind of like in the same room, mm -hmm. kind of putting our heads together and playing around for a few weeks before we, we actually start the season. Just yeah. to kind of like finger paint. Yeah. We always have, we always make sure we, you know, there's, there's a process before we start where we sort of, uh, you know, experiment and come up with different ideas and ways mm -hmm. to, to sort of, um, you know, there is, there's a common thread throughout the, you know, each season of this sort of, you know, this sort of dark underbelly and mm -hmm. this sound that we sort of created in, in the first season, which, you know, morphs a bit from season to season, Absolutely. but it, it's, it's a constant, it's a constant thread. And then this season, of course, well, John, you can, you can, uh, if you want to, kind of go into a little bit of yeah, what we were able to like, do with the, the, the Chinatown, you know, vibe and all mm -hmm. the, the orchestra. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing, though, but each season, on the one hand, like Jason said, we have that sort of common thread of of that kind of dark, looming Goliath force that's right. That's sort of hovering over Billy, you know, at all times. And, and you know, we're just we're kind of like feeling like the weight of mm -hmm. that Goliath. That that has been a you know a consistent thread, and though you know it's evolved a little bit, but it's it's that that more electronic mm -hmm. kind of 
Brent Reznor-y kind of approach. But which is never a bad approach. I mean, no, it, it works really well, especially for this. <laughs> no. You know, that was yeah. one of the, the standout tracks that I was going to bring up. Um, you know, usually I do that towards the end, but since you just said that, I have to go ahead and say now, like, there's a track called. Uh, you know, for a lot of people, this won't make a lot of sense yet, but knock at the door. Uh, so you guys nailed a vibe to me that was like Hitchcock strings meets like a John Carpenter oh, sort of cool. bass line. Like is that's how it struck me the first time I heard it. I, I had to stop and listen. I was like, which one is this? Because this is like, it caught me because I had this Hitchcock, you know, tension, but then the bass line and the electronics you guys had in it was, was so John Carpenter style. I was like, man, this is cool that this is melding. And I think you guys did a really good job taking what you've done as you've evolved it, you know, through season one to now, uh, and taken those elements of acoustic instruments, right. And then melded those with this electronic feeling and the, the orchestra so well. Thank you. Listen, Thank you, so much. Well, you really did listen to it. Oh, I, not- I absolutely did. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's not a joke. No, I totally listened to it. Like I, that's, that's, that's part of the job. You know, you gotta, you gotta know what you're talking about before you can get into it. Um, well, well, I mean, yeah, and, that, and you're not going to have, the audience won't have to wait long to hear um, that track mm. before it's seen, because it, it, it's, it's pretty close to the top there. But yeah, um, but w- yeah, what I was kind of getting at was that like each season, we, you know, we kind of create a, a new palette, a new sort of sonic mm-hmm. world for the new environment. And, you know, if you, if you've seen season three, for instance, you know, it's like, it takes place in the central Valley and it, and it's about water rights. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and it has a different kind of rhythm to it and then a different pacing and, and landscape. And so, you know, we created a palette of, um, you know, we did, we did sessions for, for a few days and, and then spent a couple of weeks kind of grabbing from those mm-hmm. sessions and creating kind of almost like our own sample library of. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. So yeah. Was, was this or uh, the, the orchestrated parts were what you're recording? Um, did you do that during the pandemic as well? Yeah. So that yeah. was kind of, so, oh. so that's getting back to the fourth season. Yeah. Um, which. Well, yeah, we can jump know, around, you know. <laughs> yeah. Before I, before I before I answer that question, I'll just yeah. you know quickly say so. The fourth season was kind of a feast for us because it's like it's a rare opportunity for us to write um in a film noir vernacular like mm-hmm. a really sort of authentic melodic you know hyper melodic right that sort of harmonic landscape and um because visually it is so um immersed in you know in in, in reasons which you can we can kind of like allude to but can't get too deeply into right right but, but no spoilers it, here. It, we're seeing it through Billy's eyes and he's his sort of fragmented unconscious yep. is is kind of, you know, living in this um landscape of these film noir classics like High Noon mm-hmm. and and Vertigo and To Catch a Thief and Rear Window. Sense, yeah. And his like he's living essentially in this an apartment in Chinatown um, in um, San Francisco, and he's, you know, he, he, he's looking out. It's 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 almost identical to to the rear window set, mm-hmm. and, and it it kind of looks. I mean, it's it's beautiful, but also like like vintage, like Hollywood. Like it looks like a set sort of, oh, yeah. you know, but in a really good way. Um, 
And and so, you know, he's he's kind of living in this movie of his own creation. Mm -hmm. And it's all through that, you know, that film noir lens. So that's amazing. You know, so along with like you said, I mean, you're you're you know, you're bringing up the the knock at the door Uh um, cue along with the fact that, yeah, you know, we still kind of have the sort of urgency and haunted kind of underbelly um, electronic element, but we're really like squarely living from from the more sort of orchestral palette. Mm-hmm. We're, we're squarely in like, you know, 1950s film noir. Yeah. Oh, you guys nailed oh. that so well. Cool. Cool. Well, it was really, it was interesting to also draw from some of the old, um, you know, as, as he's, he's sort of having living, uh, so this sort of fragmented, as John said, this sort of f- these fragmented episodes where he's, you know, these visions from the past and things. And so we were able to sort of pull in ideas and little fragments of ideas that we had you know, from seasons past. Mm-hmm. And some of that, you know, we would take, uh, for example, uh, you know, these like a dulcimer and dobros and different things from the, some of the stuff that we did in the, in the desert mm-hmm. and we'd manipulate them and filter them and tune them and create these really strange, these really odd textures that were sort of part of the template before. And we were able to sort of incorporate this, this is kind of this fourth season is sort of the, I, I guess we were sort of able to combine the best of everything. Oh yeah. You know, I can see that. By that listening we used to draw from everything. everything and then have the, you know, have, the, have this, this amazing, mm-hmm. these amazing players and, and, and orchestra at our disposal, which was, which is always a treat. So yeah. it was, it was a special season for sure. That I think that like kind of stands out and even, especially in terms of score, I think. Yeah. And we were, and by the way, we, you know, the, the sessions worked out great. If anything, I almost felt like it was better. I mean, the fact like COVID mm. number one, you know, like for the most part, our sessions were strings. So, and, and, right. and any of the like brass stuff we overdubbed and, and did, you know, at our own studio, but, um, but you know, string players wear masks and the protocol sort of forced everyone to you know to sit a little further apart we were mm-hmm. in these huge sound stages and it it sounded even bigger because there was more of that space that we were getting and the way you know we sort of purposefully mic'd it and mastered it and mixed it you know with with that sound that analog mm-hmm. you know sound in in you know in mind so um I don't know. I don't know. It, it it just seemed to create kind of that that rich. You get a big like, warmth from it. Yeah. The, yeah. the orchestra oh. sounds so big. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Oh, so okay. so and it was and it was I you know when I say it was almost better in part because it's like I think everybody was so happy to like get to work. Um, yeah. Especially especially in the beginning it was like the first session was probably last. I don't know if it was like November, December. Some, I was going to say, was it the end of the year, beginning? So it was end of last yeah. year. But people were, you know, everything was still kind of, you know. Really weird. <laughs> yeah, really weird, right. Yeah. And and everybody was just like so like grateful, you know, to be there and, and be making music. And so it was a really <laughs> good vibe. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so how long um, did you guys spend working on uh, just season four for this? Well, it was a year and a half 
total because of COVID, right? Right. We, we started, um, we started with our initial kind of like meetings and, um, that was back in January, February of 20. Um, Oh and, wow. Okay. Yeah. And met with Billy, Billy Bob directed the first episode. Nice. And so, so before COVID hit, he, he already had like a pretty solid cut. Um, it was, it wasn't like totally finished, but um, it was enough that, that you, you know, had that we, plenty of direction to go with. Yeah. And, and he, he had a lot to say that was really helpful, honestly, about the mm -hmm. music. Um, had a lot of really good ideas. And so that was just great, honestly, because it, it allowed us to chew on it over the, oh, yeah. you know, the hiatus. Um, so we had, we, I don't even remember, I don't think we'd actually written anything before COVID hit. We were just kind of chewing on ideas. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then COVID hit. And then, but we had all that time to kind of think about it a little bit. And then, um, you know, they sort of went back into production, you know, in a, in a kind of bubble starting mm -hmm. in September, maybe. And we were, we started working in October. Oh, so. wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then so in earnest, yeah. I guess it was, you know, from, from last October through, uh, June, you know, something like that. So when it comes to you guys, like doing the collaboration, I'm interested to know, um, what are like the strengths and weaknesses on either side, like, you know, John and, and, and Jason, who, who, what do you guys start with individually or feel most comfortable starting with? Like when you're starting a, uh, a new cue or just an idea at all, like kind of where I'm sure you guys both, you know, I know you're both multi-instrumentalists, but where is your comfort zone when you start writing for each of you guys? You go, Jason. Oh gosh. Well, first, <laughs> all of it. it firstly, yeah, I think we really do complement each other quite well, and just and handing things off and going back and forth. But I feel like, for, for me anyway, I, I usually it's the, like the pacing, the the, the tempo, or the mm -hmm. rhythmic. I always I'm, I'm very rhythmic with things, and I kind of get a sense of what the you know the the pacing, and then a you know melody will sort of pop into my head. Mm -hmm. But usually it's uh, it's, you know, pacing or tempo feel of it. Yeah. And then I start, you know, sketching maybe a little rhythmic part or a, a, a you know, a bass line. Um, I don't, I don't, I, well, <laughs> I can't speak for Sean. I was, I think, you know, some people usually the melody pops into their head and sometimes it's, yeah. I don't get that right away. It's usually more rhythmic than See, I I'm, I'm the same way. Um, you know, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm starting my drummer and piano player first, you know, so, mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, that's going to work out. Yeah. I mean, the, what I guess what I would add to that is that, you know, it's, I mean, you always want to kind of like, it's, it's a better story if it's like, well, Jason does this and John does that. Right. You know? right. But I mean, the reality is that, you know, <laughs> you're both just musicians I, and you create this right, stuff we, together. We kind, just... of, you know, we kind of, we, we, we kind of have to be able to, you know, hear everything. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but right. I do, I do think it's fair. It seems right to me that Jason's, you know, tends to start from a place of pacing and a sense of the rhythm of the scene. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's what kind of motivates his, you know, his his like whatever his first stroke, right? You know, 
and the first beats no, yeah, no pun and, necessarily intended but it works but the first beats and it can happen it can happen for me that way too mm -hmm. but mm, i would say more often i hear I everything hear, that dances around the rhythm i hear notes yeah, yeah. i hear i hear probably harmony first mm -hmm. and and but melody is like just like lagging just like a heartbeat behind you know yeah that makes sense and so you know this was something i i normally kind of start with like uh origin story stuff at the beginning of the episode but man we just like jump right into it and it was great but you say that and it, it reminds me so you you got your start not necessarily composing but in uh theater correct yeah uh, yeah, let's I, let's talk a little bit about the, the way you guys both started because then I know you've done so much together up to this point but I know that started uh god what in like 2001 or so with the agency was that kind of well we, yeah that's that's jumping ahead but so yeah John theater major like that's yeah I, amazing I, I, I started out I mean I, I grew up you know in the New York area and I and I was kind of like I grew up loving you know, both music and theater mm -hmm. and, you know, particularly musicals. I was like, you know, Steven Sondheim was kind of like my God, mm -hmm. you know? And I, you know, I felt like throughout high school and college, I was like writing musicals and I had it in my head that that's, you know, that's what I wanted to like do for a living. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then I got to New York and I was working in the theater and I was writing musicals and I was making a little bit at it, but um, I was honestly supporting myself acting in, oh, well. you know, in plays, yeah. um, which was sort of an accident, but honestly, I think has quite a bit to do with the way I approach scoring because I think, I think it's a really helpful um, skill set mm -hmm. or at least you know, understanding how to approach a scene from an actor's point of view. Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Because it's, it's so much about opening yourself up to the moment and sort of exposing your heart, for lack of a better word, yeah. you know, just. Um, and, you know, what we do is so much about. It's being, emotion. Yeah, being emotionally mm -hmm. present um sort of non-judgmental just kind of responding to picture like not sort of i think both of us are similar in this way i think when we look at picture we're not sort of coming to it with oh it's this kind of a scene uh, so right. yeah you just you, you you do this kind of a cue mm -hmm. you know like we're pretty like um intuitive and right lobe about the way we we kind of work so mm -hmm. it's like we look at picture and the picture just kind of says something to us and we just kind of react. And it's like in a scene with an actor, you, you, you do something and then the actor reacts to that and then you react to him. And yep. then, you know, so it's kind of like this. It's like what makes improv great is that give and take that push and pull. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what scoring to picture is in my mind. It's kind of like an improvisation mm -hmm. with the picture. Oh, man, that's a good way to look at it. Well, in, in some ways, it's not even I mean, I don't even know that it, you think of it as writing a piece of music. I mean, I, I think that you're you're really just responding to what's on screen with, you know, tones and harmonies and rhythm and different, you know, and, and sometimes it sounds more musical than others. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're able to incorporate, you know, uh, uh, 
sort of an elaborate theme. Sometimes it just needs to, you know, sit back and create a tone. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it needs to be tension sometimes and just a bed of, you know, trills and, and, and little things that aren't necessarily musical, but they serve as that emotion to serve right. the same and purpose. And I think sometimes if you you know focus too much on the you know creating this you know amazing piece of music mm -hmm. although you know you you know we're lucky to be able to 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 do that sometimes too and really let it you know stand out and be featured mm -hmm. i think you know if you focus too much on that sometimes you miss what what the, the score is actually supposed to do and it supports support the story and sometimes it really doesn't sometimes less can be more mm -hmm. and be very effective most so you're sort of recognizing i think john and i both i think have been you know I think pretty good at, at picking our moments, you know. Mm -hmm. I think, and 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 in part, it's like part of the reason why I think our collaboration really works. I I think like we don't really bring our egos to the work, and that's easy to say, but it just happens to be true in this case. Mm -hmm. I think it's not that we don't have egos, but we, it's just not a factor in our collaboration, and I think it really helps to be like here, I'll, I'll sort of liken it to my time as an actor, you know, on the stage. It's like, you know, that's <laughs> that's something that is, you know, anything but anonymous, right? I mean, you're just <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, naked on stage and everybody yep. can see, you know, every like everything you think and do. Mm -hmm. um, and our work is completely anonymous and hidden. And we're like, we're sort of in this dark cave you know, all day long. And, and then we just let, you know, the finished product kind of out of its, you know, playpen and <laughs> goes out into the world, but we never yeah. actually emerge from that. You know, we're kind of, you know, that's stuck true. In. You're under the next one. Like you, you kind of, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's kind of like, there's an anonymity to it, which if you allow it to, it can actually help you, you know, kind of, you know, interact with picture mm -hmm. without that sort of ego of I'm an artist, I'm creating something that that needs to be heard. Right. You know, we don't really approach it that way, which is why a lot of the scores that that we create are just like one leg of the table and they don't stand by themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it only works in the context of the picture. And right. It only works with that particular performance at that particular moment. Otherwise, you know, we, we, you're constantly hearing people temp with your work and put it against something that it, it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And, and, and then it's, and then people will respond like, Oh God, that music's terrible. You know, it's like, no, it just, it's not <laughs> it's, right for that right. spot. But the, the great thing about season four of Goliath, especially is that it was, it was appropriate and and sort of we were called upon to write something that is th that does stand on its own i mean it's right it's for right sure. for picture but but these are the rare cases where it's like well you know that's worth actually putting out a soundtrack because you know i think it's a great it's oh, a great yeah. you know hour or so of music to listen
and 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 man, okay, yeah. I mean, the, we were going to talk also about the uh, the theme of Billy McBride, but you know that one right there. I mean, it's a two minute and fifty one second song. Like that is that's you know for a score. A lot of times you don't see things. You know, uh, it's actually longer than that. We had, we we trimmed it for the. <laughs> oh <laughs> the wow! Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. man, man. Okay, that's even better. And I know that there's probably those there's those moments whenever you're you're working on a cue too that you know you've got something in mind and you know you start leading it and then a scene kind of gets cut and trimmed and you have to kind of take away from that and then uh, reshuffle, reorganize. How you? Yes. Know. Yeah. That's For sure. Always fun. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that that's part of the part of the process. That's true. That's true. That's true. If it wasn't for that, I mean, oh, it'd be too easy if one and done, right? That would be. And man, you know, the, the, uh, my favorite thing to say to my kids and it's, and it, it actually turns out to be true is that, uh, necessity is the mother of invention and that, yeah. you know, the best, the truth is, you know, we, we're, we, we do, you know, people do get into our space mm -hmm. with, you know, you know, why we recut this or, you know, we have new ideas and new notes and whatever. And, you know, sometimes it can feel like, oh, shit. You right. Know, I, just, I just made this thing work, you know. <laughs> but, why am I changing um, it already? Oh, yeah. But, you know, I, I, you know, I'd like to hear Jacob expound on this, but I, I kind of think in, in most cases we end up feeling like it kind of forced us to, to work a little harder and, yeah. And in the end, we're happier. That's the important thing is that you're happy with it at the end. What do you think, Jay? <laughs> oh, well, I, you know, that it goes back to, you know, you, you have to obviously have to care, you know, care and have a passion for what you're doing, but yes. don't take, you know, don't, um, get too, I suppose, too precious about it because at the end of the day, you know, there, there could, it could change. It could, or maybe, maybe there's a, a difference of opinion where they want it a, a little different or a shift in tone or this mm -hmm. or that. Um, and it's your job. It's our job to, right. to, to, you know, uh, not take it personally. Whoever, whoever it is, whoever was employed us to do it, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, to they need to, you know, they need to be happy with with it. And mm -hmm. if there's a difference of opinion, it's like, okay, we go back to the drawing board and let's let's try something a little bit different, you know. Yeah. Let's pull this out. Let's, you know, whatever. And I think John, that's one thing I think working with John or we, you know working together has yeah. helped us uh, in those situations in particular where there are, you know changes or differences of opinion. Well, let's just try this. Or we, we want to try a different approach on this. John and I are able to have a you know quick conversation and work through it pretty efficiently. And I think, you know, you know, uh, solve the uh, puzzle as it were, f figure out mm -hmm. what it is. Whereas sometimes when you're just alone sitting there spinning your wheels or like, I don't know, you know, so John, John and I are able to really work through some of those uh, situations pretty well, I think over the years. I, it's so much easier to have another yeah. person. I mean, because even like on the one hand, it's helpful because you have two people who might be able to like, you know, decipher mm -hmm. what they're trying to say. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and but also it's like there's something about and this is what always happens, like when, you know, J Jason and I in, in in our studio, like he has his control room down the hall and. Um, so it's the kind of thing like, Hey man, can you, can you pop in and like, he'll come in and then 
I just, I know by having him in the room, I can kind of imagine already, like what I, what's not quite right or mm -hmm. what's not, you know, like then I play it for him, but I, I almost already know just because I'm about to like see it through his eyes. Right. You know? Yeah. And so it's with like getting notes. It's like, like I can, I can like hear the notes that they're sending over to us and I'll be like, God, I, I really thought that that's, you're describing what we did. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> Notice isn't it's that like, it? Yes. Yeah, you should do this. And I was like, that, that's what it is. Yeah, that's happening. <laughs> you know? And then, and then like, I'll, you know, get together with Jason and, and then it, I don't know. It's just like having another person in the room, you kind of like, you're able to process a different point of view and kind of understand yeah. it. Yeah, that, maybe, that makes maybe sense. They, maybe this is what they mean. Maybe they, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, so it does, it does help. And I think that that's, that's a, um, a, a tremendous advantage that, that we have as, you know, as a team. Yeah, man. That, yeah, that's amazing. And so you guys have been working together now for what, uh, 20 something years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, Something how like did that, that come together? Jason, you started, um, well, yeah, so I, I, I noticed uh, when skimming your bio, uh, David Foster? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, was <laughs> I mean. Early on. Whoa, bud. He was, was really, <laughs> that was, I mean, it was, you know, um, I was really lucky to, to, to have someone like that. When I, when I started, I was mm -hmm. working in sort of uh, in records and doing tracks and producing demos and doing different things. And was able to, you know, do a few things with him early on and was sort of working my, I suppose, you know, paying my dues and working my way up. And I had, you know, I'd gotten a couple cuts and got a publishing deal and it's, you know, started to sort of take off. And right, right as that was happening, um, I met John who, you know, had a, a jingle house and was doing things out of New York and yeah, by coastal, he was in LA and, and had a thing in New York. And um, and asked me to throw some, put something together for a ad campaign. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, so this all is, this other stuff. And, this and is so how the two really, come together then. Really, yeah. So it was kind wow. of our. And I was also doing. I was doing some vocal sessions. I think you know a bit at the um, here and there. And I think maybe we we had done something like that. But the first, uh, I think. Uh, the first writing, you know, writing to picture was was short form. It was uh, for a commercial. I believe it might have been a Texaco commercial. I'm not sure, but it, <laughs> it, you know, I think won the campaign. And so we did that. And then he started asking me to do more and kind of working together on different things. And and um, I'd done a little writing to picture, you know, in college, just in a in a course, you mm -hmm. know, just uh, you know, kind of experience with that because we just started working with Pro Tools and locking to picture and how that all worked that back back then. But uh, this was really the first practical, you know, application, and I and I loved it. I loved uh, writing the picture, being inspired yeah. by what was going on, and and I, f I don't know. I felt I sort of had a knack for it, and just sort of took off from there. And we, at one at some point, that became more of the focus. I, I just mm -hmm. became really excited about it, and as much as I still love, you know, putting tracks together and working on, you know, in the, on the record side of things, yeah. It, sort of took a back seat to the composing for actually for a long time now so yeah that's awesome and apparently you guys work well together because again the the catalog and collection of what you guys have done together i mean again house i mean that's that's 
yeah that that's that's pretty incredible and now goliath i mean these are like massive shows and you guys uh can definitely i i've seen through you know the filmography you guys have worked with very wide range so i mean like you you guys definitely not only work well together but in a myriad of different styles and genres which is excellent well thanks well <laughs> i think we're really lucky that way wouldn't you say john i mean we really have been able to you know, work on a variety of things, which which is it's, it's, it's great to keep it fresh. You know, everybody yeah. gets a little like stereotyped in this town, I think. But I think in our case, we've been sort of fortunate to have different camps pigeonhole mm -hmm. us as different things. If that makes sense, yeah, you know? absolutely. So like the guys who we did Parenthood with, like think of us as the guys who do like the handmade acoustic, you know, mm -hmm. like Ari ukulele stuff, mm -hmm. you know. And the the more sort of you know relationship, the emotional stuff, and then you know the the guys who you know who do house or do white collar or mm -hmm. you know the guy who did invasion, you know, which was like this like operatic kind of you know supernatural kind of awesome. show. You know, they they just have a different perspective on who we are, yeah. and um, and we've been able to. But that's okay. That's okay. You can be all of these things because I mean, there's a lot of films and television to be scored. So why not sort of uh, experience a little bit of all of it? Also, I think that because of the way we approach scoring, because we're not music, we're not thinking music first. We're not thinking like, well, what style of music? Like sometimes you sit down with. That's interesting you know, the, to hear you say that. Like, honestly, like you don't start with like that sort of theme in mind when you're. When well, you're... my point is this: is that in the very beginning, when you're like first taking a meeting, and you know they want to talk about so, so you know talk to talk to me about like how how you would approach this show with music with scoring, mm -hmm. you know, and there are some guys who you'll talk to, and they immediately you know, the producer will immediately be like, oh, what instruments, you know, or right. what genre, you know, or like they want to talk about the style of music mm -hmm. or the, you know, or the instrumentation. And, you know, maybe to our detriment sometimes, I think we're just like, well, let's talk about story, you know, because because right. it's like we could score it with Baroque music, right. but... <laughs> <laughs> or we, or it could be, you know, you know, whatever. It could be blues, or it could, you know, it could, it could be any genre. Give me a lute, or a harpsichord, or a yeah. uh, dobro. We we we've got this. It's just well, it's, it's nice to get you. It's like you know, where you have a uh, what do you call the wall where you where you get inspired? Of, uh, uh, you know, uh, whiteboard. No. What? Well, whiteboard. No, where you put ideas up on a wall, sort oh, of a wonder get, wall. Obviously, yeah, or a vision, or a, <laughs> yeah, wonderful. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's I think, but to, to to speak in sort of loose terms about well, this is the this is the tone, and and to talk, we'll talk about we'll mention artists sometimes, or the director will have, mm -hmm. you know, I love this artist, and here's some needle drop. Here's a few. Here are a few ideas, and I, you know, mm -hmm. and so we'll we'll. It's always good to get ideas from that. But oh, I think yeah. I don't know. I can't speak for John, but I think you know we've we've talked about this a lot. Until, if really, until we have picture, it's a little difficult to really know what it can handle and what's going to really work. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can, 
have this vision for the score and I'm going to do, I'm going to use these and I'm going to be, you know, have all these ideas and until you really start writing to picture it, it I mean, yeah, None of it makes sense. Yeah. You don't really, really know. I mean, I know in some films, you know, that's, that's sort of a process that you start early on. It's like, well, yeah, I'm going to w- incorporate, uh, this is what I want the score to sound. And it's the, the, the movie or this, it's almost developed mm-hmm. at, along with like what a score might be. A vibe be, in is, mind, uh, right. Which is, I think, a little, is probably not as common, particularly mm-hmm. in what we do in television. It's, you know, it's, it's I don't know. You know, it kind, thoughts, of, John? <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of boils down to like this, this thing I think about like with songwriters who I really love. It's like the difference between form dictating content and content dictating form. And I feel like we, the reason why we might hesitate in the beginning when there's like, well, what's the instrumentation? Well, let the, let the story dictate mm-hmm what the instrumentation is like, let us get there by first immersing ourselves in like, what is, what do we want to feel in mm-hmm. this environment, in this world? Like, what's the point of view of, of the score is the score from one character's point of view. Is it in like in Goliath is, is the score, you know, um, kind of that, you know, that sort of boiling right. underbelly that that's always kind of, making us feel the weight mm-hmm. of a large thing um or is it gonna be like you know like scored like star wars where the basically the the filmmaker is telling you who's bad and who's good at all times right and you know that's a certain <laughs> style of storytelling yeah it's typically not the kind of stuff that we we do or we gravitate towards right because it's kind it's much more interesting to have like, to have the like I said the the content itself the the picture dictate dict- the feel, yeah. That, that's, I mean I mean I don't think there's a more beautiful way to <laughs> to put that when you're when you're writing the picture you you need it to dictate. That's yeah, that's yeah. It. And 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 in that way that then you end up you end up kind of going in different places over twenty mm-hmm. years. You know you have you have yeah. a bunch of it's like you know one of the things i'll say you know is like what, asking what the instrumentation is is like asking which language we should write the story in it, it doesn't matter right i mean you could it's the same story in yep. german french chinese it's that's just you're just telling me which you know which syllables mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> man um, yeah that so. makes sense that's that's incredible. So for you guys, then when you're done with something like, you know, uh, season four here, do you guys have a personal favorite or memorable cue from season four of Goliath? I'll let you go. Oh, I, it's really I don't know. I, I, I've put on the spot. I don't I can't I know, off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of. Um, I can oh definitely God. say a few of my favorites. Um that I've got notated here was uh, I didn't the say bath goodbye. Scene I thought was great. The bath um, scene. Remember the bath scene, John? Yeah. Oh, Sam bathes in torment. Yeah. yeah, that was a yeah great moment. I thought, John, that's yeah. a really good one. That that's that's one of my favorites. Um, but it could, and but I think it works really well with picture. But I also I also just like <laughs> happen to really just like the piece. Itself. Right. Right. But. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, I mean, it, it, it is hard because it's just like they're all your children, you know? That's so just, true, yeah. I feel like I, I don't want to like... No, that's that. It, I, I can see that being tough. It, 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 but this, I mean, I can, I can tell you something. Just say it's not like one or two, but just, you know, the, a few sort of favorite moments. Um, God, you know, and the problem is I'm not going to remember the title. So mm. and that's what you need, right? Mm. Because, well, um, you know, yeah uh you know i can i can look it up let's see uh yeah i do remember uh sam bathes in torment that was a really good one um my wife is dead was another uh little short one that i liked quite a bit um that's season three it's fantastic uh and also post-traumatic hallucination that Mm -hmm. is really really good too um let's see uh that one said featuring um who was that featuring oh. also? That was uh trombone, yeah. Yeah, or or yeah. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Is that so that was uh did you say trombone? Yep. And okay. well, nice. Or really Oren, who is who's also a you know just you know, really a brilliant work himself as mm-hmm. as a composer, was we got he played some trombone and you know, on some of these tracks too and was able to it was great working with with him on that's the, awesome yeah and we were able to kind of use um it, we kind of did with him what we did with a lot of the guitar sessions that we did you know resonator sessions we did for season three um with trombone and and we kind of like you know processed and and twisted and and you know mangled um a bunch of the trombone you know that's uh, awesome that we have and, and so it's you you hear it texturally in a lot mm-hmm. of places it's not always just kind of like a straight ahead soloistic thing um but it's a voice throughout because the cool thing about that um that choice is that you know one of the characters you know sort of like incidental characters in season four like as billy's looking out of his window on the alleyway and, and seeing all the different people's lives through their you know windows there's this one woman who is incessantly practicing trombone and she okay and he you know it it has nothing to do with him interacting with her specifically but he hears that trombone it's sort of wafting through his apartment like day and night and it becomes almost a soundtrack to his you know unconscious um and because he's kind of dipping in and out of hallucinations anyway, um, we kind of we kind of morph what she's playing, which is this Tchaikovsky melody. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of use fragments of that later on in the score as, as the season develops and, and it sort of builds to a, um, to a climax at one point um, using that theme. So it kind of goes from him kind of hearing it and maybe not even realizing that he's internalizing it mm-hmm. and then and then because he's kind of like directing his own movie uh where he's the you know film noir hero mm-hmm. like and that's what we're seeing he kind of almost you know he scores it in a sense with this with that yeah yeah that trombone that's so anyway awesome. so trombone becomes sort of featured in that way and that was kind of an idea that Billy Bob had at the beginning. That's so um, cool. Worked out well. Um, I now I have the list up of of the tracks. Um, 
So I'm, I'm just going to just because I, I, I hate to leave that thread. Mm. Um, I'm just going to yeah. special delivery is, is one of my favorites. That's actually from season two, mm. but, um, but that's a super cool track. Um, one of the most disturbing things I think we've ever scored. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh. Man. <laughs> oh, most disturbing. I mean, we, we can talk about that scene because that's that, true. That aired a long time ago. Yeah. Um, it got pretty dark. Uh, <laughs> yeah. John and I, we had just certain discussions to try to process, uh, process some of the material, how, but it was, you know, it, it was strong. It was, let's, it was strong material to work with. Right. Yeah. Visually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I, I don't know what else I, I can say. say. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would say it's, it's heady material. Right. Heady. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's a good heady. term. Yeah. Yeah. That works yeah. for it. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So I, I, you know, I also, I, I kind of, Oh, Kate on the ledge. That's, that's one that we, we were sort of talking about. That's mm -hmm. a really interesting, operatic, gorgeous piece of writing. Um, and there uh, were certain scenes in season two that you just, we wouldn't score like right after lunch. You'd want to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah I could see for yeah. your food to settle. Yeah. You I mean, a day or two. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. That makes <laughs> sense. I mean, you know, Billy spins out. That's an easy one to take yeah. on like right after, I don't know, uh, heavy dinner. Yeah. It, <laughs> it works, you know, <laughs> like let's right. jump right back into it, right back into it. Right. <laughs> So um, I'm just going to throw one more in there. Mm -hmm. um, there's from season three, From the Heavens. Mm -hmm. is, is one that I really like. That, that oh, yeah. Plays towards the end of the season. It's kind of a, like a euphoric kind of plot turn. Nice. Plot moment. Yeah, because, you know, four seasons now, you, you've done a little bit of music for the show like at this point yeah there's, there's yeah it was hard to, it was hard to like whittle it down to you know what it's i think the soundtrack's like an hour and 15 minutes but i mean it was like it was like cutting our limbs off to yeah like, i mean what uh 49 tracks you know that's uh that's pretty good though that's good uh, we start we, i think when we first kind of like called the tracks it was might have been like 90 or 100 tracks oh oh yeah. wow Oh, see, that's hard, man. That is that is some really tough surgery to perform when you're going <laughs> yeah. that deep. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. It's a lot of music, man. Yeah. Man, well, you guys, I mean, you, you definitely do it really well. And hearing what I've heard, you know, uh, I'm very much looking forward to season four, guys. I mean, like this, everything you've done up to this point um, has, has worked with pictures so well. And uh, with this new round of, of incredible, incredible heavy hitters that are going to be in season four, uh, I really look forward to seeing how some of these tracks that I've, I've already heard and, and, and stick with me, how they kind of come to play, you know, it, it, throughout the season. And when you say no, heavy hitters, you. you're talking about the actors, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. There's so many, man. I mean, this is yeah. just like another, uh, like you were saying earlier, this, this show, every season just kind of... Uh, like, I mean, think about some of these names, like Robert Patrick, and he, mm -hmm. he doesn't even have a big part, but an important part. Yeah. You know, yeah. J.K. Simmons, Jenna Malone, Bruce Dern, jo Haley yeah. Joel Osment. Yeah. Is it? yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. And William Hart comes back, too. Oh, that's amazing. 
That's amazing. Well, I'm very much looking forward to it. And and guys, seriously, you you absolutely kill it. And uh, I, I love all of the work that you've done and really, really look forward to seeing what else you guys come up with together. Thank, Thank you so much. You've, you've been a delight to talk to and really appreciate your, your help with this. Thank you once again for listening to the Lakeshore Records podcast on Q With. Please be sure to check out John and Jason's absolutely fantastic score for Goliath, featuring highlights of all four seasons alongside the season four release, Friday, September 24th, streaming on Amazon Prime with a score available via Lakeshore Records. Thank you for listening and be excellent to each other. Thank you.